Hello and welcome along to Pandemic, the now bi-weekly podcast dedicated to loving things unashamedly in life and in a very difficult year. Year and a bit now, I guess we should say. This week I have the amazing Hannah Flint on the podcast with me. Hannah is a film critic and a culture writer and a huge fan of the MCU. So you'll hear Hannah talking all about the Marvel Universe as a whole, sort of how it's nestled into her life over the last decade and how it's been a source of comfort in the last year. There's also a bit about her first love of a certain boy band as well, which I'm very excited to share with you. So without further ado, here is Hannah. Hannah, welcome along to Pandemic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. I mean, I've been using this podcast mostly as an excuse to just connect with my friends who I haven't spoken to for like six months. So thanks. <laughs> no, I love it. And I love that our not suitable for broadcast conversation that we had an hour just now for an hour before this. <laughs> um, okay. So we uh, start every episode of Pandemic by asking you, what was the first thing that you remember being a fan of? Um, I think it was Boyzone. That's the thing that stuck. Are you serious? Yeah, like I were a boy bander. Oh my god, yes! Like back naughty's boy band. Like I had, I had like the um, you know when you used to get like file faxes that were like they were magnetized and you'd open them up and it'd be like a notes there and then your diary one side is like a space for your pencil. Like I had the boy zone one of them. I was obsessed. Yeah, I love Boise. I was a big Stephen Gately fan. Very disappointed when it turns out he, you know, obviously did not like me or any other <laughs> woman. <laughs> Heart been broke. Was that your first yeah. heartbreak in life? Yeah. Oh my like, god! I don't yeah. have a chance with Stephen Gately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was very that was very disappointing for me. Boyzone for me. I mean, I had the I had the cassette tapes because that's how we listened to things back then. <laughs> um, and I remember, like, you know, I had like there was like there was a single called like a different beat, and it's yeah. like let's not forget this place. Dun, dun. It was like it's really weird African. It's like this you, dudes, you're like white Irish dudes like in Africa <laughs> making this video. It's so weird. And then I remember how like when when they did the song for um, Mr. Bean movie, um, and I had the two double. Which one was that? They did Picture of You, didn't they? Mr. Bean, Mr. Oh, Bean movie. Oh, yes. And I remember really... the music video for that. <laughs> really <laughs> clearly. Got a picture of you in my mind. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. And on the B side was um, a cover. Because that's what I think is so hilarious about Boyzone. It's like they barely had any like original songs. So many of it were covers. <laughs> like what was the one they did? Oh, God. Oh, they did Father um... and Son, wasn't it? That's the cover, wasn't it? That's Cat Stevens, isn't it? Yeah. But um... on the B side of picture of you was a cover of Tracy Chapman's Baby Can I Hold You and I had this distinct memory um <laughs> of my mum and dad yeah. when I was I was born in London and I moved to Doncaster because of my mum's job and I remember before we officially moved up we I remember getting picked up after a sleepover at one of my friend's house and then me and my mum driving up to Doncaster which is like 170 miles and I swear to god we only had this <laughs> we only had this boy's own tape and we went <laughs> we played it we just kept on playing it and taking turns like mum okay you do the first verse and I'll do and she kept on oh, getting it wrong so it's like cute. it's not it's not that hard it's basically the same 
same verse, mom, but you just got to say sorry or forgive me or I love you. Like it's the same. But yeah, we got there in the end. The other one that I'm thinking of that was a cover was When the Going Gets Tough. Yes. Yes. That, that, was, was, for, that was for That's such a good point that boys don't That was did, comic like, relief. 60% of their music was covers. Yeah. Do you ever think about as well? I think this a lot when I look back at my music tastes from when I was younger <laughs> that, um, I only knew what, so like Boyzone singing, uh, baby, can I hold you? I would be like, yeah. well, that's a Boyzone song because they're yeah. the only version I've heard. And I like, my parents must've been like, oh my God, no, this is a cover of a great song. I remember, um, this is how I feel about when people say Jonas, when they say that Jonas Brothers is year 3000 song, excuse me, it is it's busted. busted song. <laughs> Thank I you have, very much. I am very passionate about that. <laughs> I didn't realize it was like Blue. Blue did a song. They did the cover so of um, Stevie Wonder, well. didn't they? Sign Still Delivered. And I was like, oh, and like, I that, this is, I, I was too old. I, I, yeah, I love that I was, cover. <laughs> I was, also, you know what? Stevie Wonder was in it. Was in he? it, yeah. No. Isn't it so weird, the collaborations? Like, Blue did a song with Elton John as well, wasn't yeah. it? Sorry seems to be the hardest one. It's like, I love boy bands. I love girl, girl bands. I was a big All Saints, like, was proper All Saints fan. Yeah. That's the first, like, concert. I, I went to see Bruce Springsteen with my dad. Like, I'm a Bruce, like, I inherited that, like, fandom. Yeah. Like, he's like, Bruce Springsteen and his wife, Patty Scalfer, are basically my the parents that they don't know their mind they don't know that they're also my parents yeah so, they don't know like, that they've raised you but they did they're my <laughs> they're, they're my unofficial godparents that i anointed <laughs> them so yeah so if my parents yeah. die bruce brings in a pie scale for are legally obliged to take me into their <laughs> ranch um and look after me no they were like the so the first concert i would see was bruce springsteen but then the first actual gig I went to that of my own volition like where do you want to go it's my birthday and we went to see All Saints oh and it was God. so good All Saints they're was so cool so, they're so cool and yeah I think even their most recent releases which are a fair few years ago now but fairly recently they were also really good like they've yeah. always been a cool girl band my, one of my favorite songs of all time is Pure Shores from oh my God, that's so Beach perfect Sa from the Beach it's soundtrack perfect. I would yeah. argue that it's the best movie soundtrack song or one of the top five in the world <laughs> and I'll stand I would 100% agree it was better than it's one of those songs where the song is better than the film like oh Pure yeah Shores was a better the beach soundtrack. is not a yeah. great film but I yeah. mean I'll give it leeway because I love Leo so much but no I loved it and then uh, who else is I mean look I love I think I was definitely a pop like pop band person pop gal, pop gal like and then sugar babes have all their albums like love them um love destiny's child but i think when i was first like when i was you know from the age you know from when i was really young like my first 10 years my first decade yeah um definitely that was like boy zone what was what was the other band um oh god take that yeah i love take that um yeah. you know they, they were all you know the classics um but i definitely <laughs> think since then i kind of then i grad then when it came to like more towards my like teen years i was far mm. more into like it was like I was like the the mashup of you and Jay Z, and it was Linkin Park, and like that was my musical sensibility because <laughs> I was like, I want, I like the R and B and hip hop, but I'm also a rock girl. I love my Green Day and you know all that. So, um, and now I just listen to the same stuff that I've been listening to twenty years ago. Yeah. Maybe I don't think I've updated any music. <laughs> I I need movies to like inspire me for like I watched this movie called Moxie, and they started um when the band the reference in it is called this Bikini Kills are like the right girls. So literally mm -hmm. every day I've been listening to I'm like Alexa play Bikini Kills. 
Oh my God. Sorry, for a second there, I thought I said it loud enough that my Alexa was going to turn on. No, I like that you good. had to actually whisper it. You were like, <laughs> um, I did that. I did that when I watched 10 Things I Hate About You when I was younger, because that was very like, she loves Bikini Kill, Kills and like all of these cool bands. And I was like, I'm going to listen to them as well. Yeah. I was like, I I'm gonna... want you to want me. Yeah, oh, I God, actually do song. feel like films, films were and always are a very good catalyst for music for pointing oh, yeah. in the direction of music for sure no d- definitely I feel there are some really good like I think my favorite soundtrack would probably be like Juno soundtrack because that's oh, got yeah. that really good mix of like it's like Kimia Dawson that really like like sings to my indie yeah. girl sensibilities but then you've got kind of there's like Belle and Sebastian on there and then they've got um and then they've got a really good cover of um the Carpenters um Superstar by Sonic mm. Youth um, and I just think I'm really cool because I know that version. <laughs> yeah, you know, did, did you, was, do you like the Sonic Youth version of Superstar? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that was really of a time, the judo soundtrack, where I feel like a show or a film's songs were like a whole thing in themselves. So like the Juno mm. soundtrack was like as big as Juno. And I remember for me, the one of my first big things that I loved was the OC. And it's still one of my favorite oh my shows God, of all yeah. time. But the OC mixtapes that they released are like really formative for me. And like the mm. first OC soundtrack, I still listen to like as an album um, because it's just that thing. It's like a curated thing aside from yeah. the, the show or the film. I love it. It's, it's so funny because I feel like this is a really good segue for like yeah. me talking about my main, my main, Your main love, main fan fever. But I think... The MCU, yeah. <laughs> Marvel, Nerds Unite, Avengers Assemble. Um, I think the MCU really showed how um, uh, like pop songs and rock songs could really inform and like heighten like a film. Yeah. Like remember when like they did like ACDC with Iron Man, but then with Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, you know, I remember when that came out, um, volume one and volume one and volume two but like they did this special thing where their soundtracks was like just insane mix of like classics like there's like the, what's it called um the electric light brigade who does mr mr blue oh, Sky electric, light, Gar- Gar- light, electric light orchestra yeah that's it light brigade you know um, what i mean but yeah, um, yeah. it's you know it's just something like that but yeah they really showed like how you could um they you know they love their needle drops and now needle drops become such a big thing i think from, yeah those and films. in Thor Ragnarok as well, there was like the really great like immigrant song bit that was like, so yeah. Good. Well, that is a really good segue to going into our next section, which is the thing that you are a really big fan of, which you have mentioned is yeah. Marvel. And you said, can I come on and talk about Marvel? And I said, absolutely. Yeah, I begged. I was like, please let me speak about <laughs> it. Let me on. I've got no. so many things to say. I love it. Okay. So first of all, this is a huge question, but what is it about Marvel that you have been drawn to as a fan? Mm there's a sensibility of like Marvel where it's kind of ordinary people, well, mostly ordinary people who end up having get given extraordinary powers, but mm. underneath, do you know what I mean? It's underneath it. Like, you know, take someone like Spider-Man, like he's just this normal nerdy kid and then suddenly gets powers and he's, and he's quite funny and he's going around trying to do good. And there's something quite wonderful and escapist to look at a hero trying to do good in the world. And I think what Marvel, um, the comics and then both the, the film franchises have really managed to balance that kind of like humor 
um, and like fan, like fantastical kind of action and imagery, um, but eat, but still kind of have these like messages. I mean, look, like any kind of good storytelling from like the classic like fairy tales, like this hero story that's kind of heroes and villains. It's this fantasy kind of world that I really enjoy. I mean, I really enjoy kind of like YA stuff, like the dystopian sci-fi. And I think with comic book movies, like there's the um you've got the science fiction you've got kind of the fantasy as well you've sometimes got a romance there's so many possibilities within it but ultimately i just think they're just yeah they're just so much fun and i just really enjoy just seeing like i suppose the triumph and like the triumph yeah. of like like saving stuff and it feels like i mean i suppose right now as well it just feels so perfect to have people winning <laughs> and yeah. seeing that my love of Marvel came from watching the animation and, and the films and TV shows. And then it was kind of reverse. It was like a reverse engineering mm. fandom in that then suddenly I realized, oh, I should read the comic books. And I don't know, like for me, my brother, Kareem, he had like all the comic books. I was not allowed to touch them because they were his <laughs> comic books. And like he bought them with his pocket money. But we would watch like the... Like, the um, the Spider-Man animations on like live and kicking like on Saturday mornings we'd watch the X-Men yeah. um, I remember when we used to go to Laser Quest like I used to be Mirage from the like from the X-Men series because like I wanted to be that name like my love I kind of I had a from a young age that was kind of oh I really enjoy that but I suppose it's kind of the I don't know the sexist gender role thing that kind of made me have this gap where I was like yeah. oh I enjoy watching movies but that's for boys like always read the comic books like you know play the computer games and stuff like that and I was like oh no I've got to you know be feminine and you know whatever and it just felt like why did I um why did I kind of shoot myself in the foot for so long it was very segregated uh I think in the times that we were growing up I think it's uh it was very much like this is for girls and this is for boys I think that was still mm. very much a thing when we were like because I'm, I'm around the same age as you like I still think mm. that that is very much what we grew up thinking yeah and I hope it I hope it's less now um yeah I oh, know I think it for is sure. for sure because but, but I, I understand that feeling of like it's not I don't even think it was a conscious thing like I just never thought oh I'll read comic books I just never mm. thought to to do it necessarily because it just didn't yeah. seem like it was in my wheelhouse to do that yeah no yeah. it doesn't and I think I was like I was very into like I, I you know I bought the Harry Potters like anything mm. that was like I read Twilight I did the Hunger Games like I love I'm talking about things that actually I, I wasn't even a kid I was actually in my 20s <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> I, I kind of I, I find like I've read so much like you know yeah. I read I, 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 I don't, actually I don't read as much as I used to but I really I think I think maybe superhero films are something that I've always really enjoyed because I love big blockbusters and then once I kind of yeah I think once I realized like I think also with social media definitely when you realize there's so much more you can connect as well with the people writing the things it suddenly made me realize oh I want to go back in time and also because my job because I knew I'm going to be writing about these films I was like oh well, what's the stuff it's based on I want to go back and read them um and you know luckily there's now options for you to do that where you can you know with my membership to uh, Prime UK, you can get like, you, there's so many comic books on there. Like currently I've read through like House of, if anyone's watching WandaVision, like if you Prime Video, you can find like House of M, the comic book on which it was based or like Avengers Disassembled. Um, there's so many ways to watch it. And I remember actually one time, for some reason, like I started, me and this uh, com uh, comic book writer, Mark Miller, we kind of connected on social media. And um, I remember when I went home, 
my, I have my brother's comics, but they're there. So I was like, finally, I can have my hands on them because he'd collected them all. My mom was like kind of going through them. And I remember taking a picture and like saying, oh, Mark, there's one of your titles. Because Mark used to write for like, Mark wrote like Civil War, The Ultimate. So much of what we see in the modern like MCU landscape is based on like stuff that he's written. And um, and then I sent him to take a picture and then I was like, hey, Mark, I've got like some of your things here. And then he DM me, he's like, what's your address? And then it was, and I was like, okay, here's my address. And he's like sent me from Amazon like 10 different books, like including oh like- Oh my God. Um, yeah, like Civil War, Old Man Logan, like all this stuff that he'd written when he was at Marvel, which was so cool. And then after that, I was like, I've just become so- so interested in like the mm. origin the original stories and seeing how like how they have to change from the page to the screen and you know the stuff that they've added on it's just yeah I just think it's such a I think the MCU in particular I think it's a really well constructed web narrative that actually you know if you compare it to any other franchise DC have failed to do this because they're just making it up as they went along but like it was very clear that from the beginning Kevin Feige had a clear idea plan structure of how he wants this kind of phase one and two or three or whatever it is how it's going to go to sorry can you see me getting notes to like climax <laughs> of end game which basically just like tied up i just i don't know did you i no. thought it was, i've watched it like four times now and it seemed it's so oh it's God. like one of the best marvel something. i have well, never have seen you? end game but i've what? seen i have seen all of the others <laughs> just never have watched you? i watched yeah oh this is the thing i am a marvel fan as well um in the sense that like i love mm. a blockbuster spectacle and i remember endgame came out when i was on holiday and who i went on holiday with was like i'm not going to spend my holiday in a cinema and i was like oh fine and i just never got around to watching it how long was your holiday like i know it's long it was- but it's only it's not it's like a whole holiday long it's three hours <laughs> But I do, I, that's just, that's a me problem. I do mm. tend to never finish things. I think it's like a, oh, I don't want it to be over sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but luckily it's not over because there's so much stuff that's come. I know. I was going to say that there is something so satisfying. I've mentioned this before to other people who've uh, come on the podcast and said things that like they love Star Wars and they've got really into Star Wars universe or like they've got into basically things that just have an entire universe of content that you can dive into Mm. and it's like it's the best feeling in the world when you find something and then you're like oh my god there's like so much that I can invest myself in and it's just Mm. it's just like a whole new world that was always there that you didn't necessarily know about it's such a thrilling feeling I love it absolutely and I think I think in a way it's better to like watch the and it's this kind of film versus book thing right what Mm. should you watch first because I feel that if you watch if you watch the film first when you read the book there's so much more like it feels like like you get so much more from it because they haven't had to like I feel when you adapt something to the big screen you have to streamline it you have to get Mm. rid of characters you have to make it fit to two hours because if actually if you you know if you get an audio book they're like eight hours long if you read it but like yeah it feels like you'll get you get so much more from from going back to the comic books and like I found that a lot like when I watched Civil War Captain America Civil War I already read Mark Miller's Civil War and that one what I realized is actually what I realized is that as much as I love the MCU they've streamlined it and like family friendly it so actually a lot of the kind of you know Logan and Deadpool are pretty much the only ones that have really included the amount of violence that really goes like serious violence like Wolverine yeah. is a brutal killer like the you know it's like no blood spills ever but Logan it was like 
Yeah. Yeah. That's sorry. That so you couldn't see it, but I was like doing my, doing my like hands, doing the kind of adamantium claws. <laughs> yeah. That was um, an amazing viewing experience watching Logan. Cause it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. But I'd saw it seeing Logan and then I, and then, no, I'd w- read the book Logan and then it's very different. Like, cause again, you, you're kind of governed by what um, heroes that you can have. Logan was Fox. And actually in the book, Old Man Logan, there's a whole thing with Hulk, which is obviously was Disney at the time. I know they're all under the same roof now, but at the time, so you have to kind of allow for what heroes they can and kind of like Spider-Man was also involved in this storyline, like Spider-Man's mm-hmm. daughter. Anyway, but like, I think, you know, when I, when I'd read Old Man Logan, seen like how kind of brutal and sick this was like, oh my God, this is gnarly. And then seeing Logan, the film, I think they really translated well. When I watched Civil War, I felt, it felt, um, I was slightly underwhelmed because in the comic book, it's so more expansive because they've got every, like, there's a whole thing, like the whole, every superhero is kind of like, whose side are we on? Are we on the government side or are we on this side? You know, and so they've been hunted. So it felt like it was far more jeopardy, like this jeopardy for the whole like kind of world. Whereas I think with uh, Civil War, it was just basically, it, was, it wasn't really a war, was it? It was like an internal, yeah. like, because it's kind of preparing, because obviously, you know, there's about, you know, five or six more movies coming out. We've got the TV shows. That's crazy. There's always going to be kind of a, uh, I suppose, a tease for what's to come. But when you watch those films, it does feel like, oh, this is a satisfactory ending to this story. Mm. Like, this is what I think. Yeah, I think. And that's what I really liked about WandaVision. WandaVision felt like the episodic formula and how they were doing it with sitcoms, like kind mm. of, and each thing's changing. It felt very much like if you were going to read the comic books each week, like, you know, I, I kind of so read the volumes, but yeah. like, if you see it, that's how you would get it. Like the way that comic books are distributed, obviously you get one, uh, like a issue one, issue two, and normally it's maybe like, it depends how many's in a run, but you get six. So if you think about a film, that's about like six, six issues worth of story. Yeah, and so it's it's like a, it's a volume instead. Whereas uh, when you get them in a TV series, these kind of like thirty-minute kind of installments feel more reflective, and it gives you that kind of like, oh, I really can't wait to see. I think one of what's really good about the MCU and that again in the comic books is like you can have like a like suspend your disbelief because like they call each other these names and they have mm-hmm. these weird superhero outfits like. Luke Cage's superhero outfit is so ridiculous. And even like, you know, in One Division, when you, I'm sure you've seen it, but like they do the Halloween get up, um, like the Halloween episode, and you see that they wear their costumes, are their costumes from the comic book. And she kind of says, Oh, I'm a Sokovia, Sokovia. So I'm a Sokovian fortune teller. And she, and then he's supposed to be, Oh, yeah, I'm a Mexican wrestler. It's like, Oh, I love that they've tried to like make this fit within the reality that we all live in. Like it's kind of yeah. good how they've balanced that but yeah it's I think I just I, I love that they have those different sensibilities in a way like MC has really got the kind of quippy humor like the it's comic book those Marvel are quite funny but then I do think some of them like Fox is better that it's a little bit serious because the X-Men mm-hmm. are kind of serious like they're dealing with like this whole like civil rights battle like <laughs> it's yeah. basically like mutants versus like humans it's like dark yeah. that's the thing it's all very dark stuff like I think the, the ability to like transmit so many these like issues like you know grief or kind of like alcoholism or or you know PTSD, you know these are so many themes that 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 kind of play um, play their part in the comic books and they talk about real issues. I mean that's what they all were weren't they, from the beginning. Like you know they were able to like transmit kind of big issues in a way that was digestible to young people, young readers as well as obviously older readers. And I think that's 
you know, I think that's so powerful. I mean, nowadays when you've got big like studio conglomerates behind them, it kind of like the capitalist agenda kind of loses some of its message. It's like, hmm, yeah, you're talking about like problems. I don't know. It just feels like it doesn't hit as hard because, you know, it's yeah. like Disney. Like it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's hard, but fundamentally the creativity and the storytelling I think is yeah. just so exciting. I just love it. I love the excitement of just going in. Like I miss, like I miss going to big, like seeing it on the big screen. That's what I'm really excited to get back. Yeah, they were always the best films to see in a big screen with lots of people as well. That was very, that was, that was, Marvel I think is like itself a big uh, advertisement for cinemas. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when people are like, oh, what is the future of cinema? It's like, we'll go to a Marvel film on any kind of like opening Mm. day or any kind of like fan screening. And that's like why it's so fun to go to the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, sure. it's it's so good, and I think I mean, look, the thing is though, like I would say I'm like a fan, like I like I love, I you know, I'm really like I'm invested. I'm gonna watch every single thing that comes out. But I think for me, there's like a line that I draw because mm-hmm. I feel like I have to have like a healthy separation of being able to say when like I don't know. I just feel like have, knowing when something's not good or or kind of like perpetuating like bad things I don't know Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of I don't like I'm not there going on reddit reading fan theories I get annoyed like when people you know share set photos and stuff because in a way I do want to just enjoy the moment although I do have a friend who works for Marvel and she's like (laughs) working on something at the moment and it's like she's like texting me and she's like said something I was like she says oh she's before the one vision thing came out she goes oh yeah have you let me know when you see one of it i was like don't tell me anything she's yeah. like told me stuff about what's going on i'm like dude please don't like i just don't want that um, i have definitely in the past made the mistake of sort of like combining the things that i love with like maybe the work i do or maybe getting too invested in a way that I actually end up not really enjoying it because I'm sort of like Mm. thinking about it, its place in like the wider sense of things. And I have to, I've had to pull myself back and be like, I just want to enjoy this. Like I want this to be escapism and Mm. escapism doesn't have to necessarily be silly. Like you said, like these are themes that are really important, but there is like a level of escapism with these big, big budget Mm. films and stuff. And I think it's actually quite nice to have a healthy distance. Also, I think it's nice to be critical of the things that you love. It doesn't mean that you love them any less. I think it actually means yeah. that you like them more, that you're willing to be like, please be better for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. It's really hard to strike the balance of being online and enjoying and consuming the things that you love on social media and like you said, like being part of fandoms. And then it's, mm. such, a, it's such a thin, blurred line about when when enjoying it ends up actually sort of like harming you in real life in terms of like getting quote treated and ratioed and all this stuff mm. that is a horrible feeling. And, yeah. and also like that not letting it affect how you enjoy the thing in the first place. Cause that's, that's ultimately the damage that can be done, which is really sad. Absolutely. Just, but you yeah. get, when you're a fan, but also in my position where I'm also like a film and TV critic, critic yeah. you always get accused of like being a shit <laughs> like <Yeah>. oh <laughs> it's like you know well like uh, making yeah. trying to be controversial just for clout or like trying yeah to... yeah because of the job that I'm caught up in so I'm either you know I feel like if I like something that's something that I'm obviously a fan of and clearly invested yeah. in it's like oh I'm not I'm not objective there um and I think that's, I, I don't think that's the case because there are things that I watch. I'm like, oh, that's just not, that wasn't, 
like good yeah. enough like I didn't like I, I don't films I definitely didn't like like I didn't like Iron Man 2 I don't think that's that great or I didn't like Venom I love Spider like I love that character but I really didn't get I mean I didn't, mm. didn't not get on with it but I just didn't think it was that great that's the Marvel yeah. and I think as well it's like I don't have this sense of um like I think the problem is when people have uh, I suppose expectations like fan there comes to a point where you know people are you know some people are really disappointed with this one division how like certain theories never came out that the way they want it and it's like but you're not in control of this narrative Mm. like the creators are you are supposed to receive it you either like it or you don't but you can't expect them to do it the way you want to and I think like even though I might be disappointed about a certain character line with Evan Peters and I won't spoil it for you but I was like oh I was a bit anticlimactical in the end for me like that doesn't mean I'm suddenly gonna like trash like, the, the whole yeah. of the MCU. You're dead to me, Feige. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> ruin the day. Like I just think, just have like, you can love things with, without um, feeling that you own them. You know, yeah, it's like misery, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like misery, and I sure. think it's, you know that's such an interesting uh, kind of example, and I see that so much in today's like stands, and I think standing in a, even a word like. I try not to use it because the origins of that world are so fucked up. It feels like we should mm. not be using this in a way that is seen as like a positive. Like, I mean, you know, I get it. You want to ameliorate words, but Stan is not a character that we should be ameliorating. He literally <laughs> killed like his like girlfriend. Like it's so yeah. weird. But anyway, part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I feel like in this pandemic year, my relation to the things that I'm a really big fan of sort of changed. Like my reliance on them mm. changed and stuff like that. Like what I needed from them changed Mm -hmm. do you did your relationship to marvel and the mcu and everything about it change this year uh well it did last year um because and i wrote a piece about it actually because i uh, my grandma died pretty much at the beginning like in april on good friday she died from like um uh, she like COVID related illness. I mean, she was kind of, you know, she wasn't very well, but then that kind of exacerbated her symptoms. So, and that was kind of a big shock. And I think I remember feeling, yeah, it happened on a Friday and I just kind of had Disney plus and I decided that I'm just going to like watch <laughs> the entire MCU. And I did from start, I mean, I missed a few out, but like I kind of did. Did you miss out it- Thor The Dark World? I did miss out thought. I was like, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for you, babe. Sorry. Yeah. Even um, me, like oh, I'm Tom Hiddleston lover. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think, yeah, it just feels like with the MCU, it just felt like this kind of escape. This is what I talk about. Like it's this escapism. And I was feeling a lot of grief, obviously. And, you know, I think, you know, I've written something recently about one division about grief, and I think so much of the MCU is motivated by loss. That, like, whether you're losing, you know, a person, like Tony loses his parents, and that kind of informs like his whole narrative of feeling like isolating himself. You know, Wanda, she's lost like everyone. Thor loses everyone. I mean, the whole thing about End- Avengers Endgame is that half the universe is gone, and like there's survivor's guilt, and they want to bring it back. And I think. You know, there's something about um, superheroes, especially where it's like when the stakes are so high, when they feel helpless, but they've got superpowers to like make them feel worthwhile again. And there's something so, you know, seeing people winning in that way. And and I think also just the way it engages with loss and like how we move on. I mean, obviously, Wonder Vision didn't come out when I, you know, wrote this thing like when my grandma died a year ago. But, 
you know, there is that thing, like they constantly talk about like grief and like, you know, what Vision says, he's like, what is grief if not love persevering? I think that's such a beautiful sentiment. And I think, you know, as much as these are these kind of, you know, technicolor, you know, CGI specials with like what witty one-liners and pop culture reference and fight scenes and stuff. Fundamentally, it's these people who have very human emotions and it's how they get over it. Um, and I find that's, yeah, it's been so, it was so lovely to, to watch, you know, even like T'Challa, like his dad dies in Captain mm. America Civil War and he's starting his, his new life and the suddenly it's like, oh God, like now I have to step up and how do we overcome that? How do we process that? And I think, you know, most of the time, the way that heroes process them is to do better. You know, obviously mm. wonder what happens when wonder does bad things like innocent bystanders that can be, you know, there's, it's not clear cut. I think, um, yeah, it felt for me, losing myself in the MCU just kind of was a really great distraction, but also gave me opportunities to really just cry. There were some yeah. moments where I just felt like, oh, I just, this is the, I suppose the, the like I needed that trigger, like just, just to let me kind of a, a, expel that emotion, exercise, not demons, but like just feeling like I need just to let, let go, let the waterworks yeah. come. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, sometimes we need a bit of a hand in mm. uh, processing our emotions and like, you know, it's not enough to sit and be like, I'm going to cry about something that's making me sad. You sort of need something to trigger yeah, tr- trick, trigger you, but also sort of trick you a little bit into yeah. being like, oh, I think I'm crying about this, but actually like I probably am crying yeah. about something that I'm internalizing. <laughs> and, but that's a good thing. Like it's, it's necessary. And I think it's um, something that I really like about superhero films generally, like you said, like so much of it is hinged on loss, but it also doesn't end at the loss. It sort of shows these people after loss and, and mm. the next steps that they take. And it sort of just reinforces the idea that like, even after loss, life goes on and, and sort of like you go on as well. More people than ever have been confronted with that this year. Either, you know, like you said, like you tragically lost someone close to you, but I think even if you haven't lost someone, like you have seen loss in every corner of the world mm. you know what I mean I think it's like yeah. cheering as well like you know yeah. there is that moment like I mean I know you haven't seen it <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> I, I feel like we should like do a watch log but shall we I yeah. swear like you've seen I have Disney you've Plus. seen but like you've seen like through osmosis you know you've seen some of the moments of like what happens in endgame and i swear like knowing that i could like finish on endgame this big thing like and i i saw endgame like three times in cinema it's like i love that film i actually was really annoyed that when i wanted to go see it in like a mother baby setting they wouldn't let me in because i didn't have a baby and i was like that's insane i'm a mo- i could be a mother <laughs> it was so weird i was like i'm not lecturing on i think it's to stop people like lecturing on the mother and babies it's like i'm not gonna lech i'm not but anyway but like um you know, there's that thing that goes round where like Cap is like about to face Thanos and like everyone, and suddenly you see in like the top like left hand corner, it's like the swirl of like Doctor Strange magic, and then you hear a cr- like a little crackle on the radio, and it's Falcon going on your left, Cap, and then you suddenly see them walk through, and it's just like oh my, that's like I feel it in my bones, like yes, yeah. and then the moment where he picks up Molnir, like this, this is just such like a like a like a callback from when he nearly picked up Molnir in like Avengers: Age of Ultron, like because it's like whoever who is worthy enough, and of course Captain America is worthy enough, and those moments are just so lifting, like when you see them win, like batter down the bad guys, it's bad, and it's kind of like the you're battering down the bad thoughts and grief and all the pain in your life. Life, and that's Thanos's head and fuck you Thanos fuck you grief like fuck you corona <laughs> like that's what it feels like you can just really just like project 
your struggle onto these heroes. And so when they win, you win. And it feels visceral. Like, I think that's it. It's just, I think when you're a fan of something, especially for MCU, because I'm such a fan of them, when they win, I win. <laughs> and so yeah. that feels like, feels very strongly to me. Um, so yeah, when they lose, that's when I'd go to deep despair. And it's like, so in, in <laughs> Infinity War, I was very depressed after that. <laughs> in my head, like, Marvel feels so recent, like the MCU sort of, um, mm. like from phase one onwards, feels really recent. But then when I actually think about when Iron Man came out so long ago, even though it doesn't feel that way. And in a way, like you've had a decade with this thing that you're a fan of, which yeah. is nothing to sort of like laugh at. You know, that's a huge part of your life. That's It's been on a journey with you or you've been on a journey yeah. with it, whatever way you want to describe it. But yeah. And I think also it can be quite, um, if you haven't been invested in it, I can understand that maybe it seems quite... Um, a daunting task to get yourself up to date because I think also when you know when it comes to the comic books I've obviously not read them all and I do feel like I'm kind of playing catch up a bit there but it is quite daunting the sheer amount of stories and how many times they come back and the retcons and like oh god I even got sent like this thing which is like a it's like the very first like the hundred 150 page or something like no it must be bigger than that but it's basically the very the, the first issues of like um Namor the Submariner and like Captain America like the first ones and it's like god this like Marvel is like 80 years old <laughs> the idea of reading every single one of the yeah. stories you know it's in, it's insane to me so it's kind of like I'm trying to like do the ones adjacent to what's yeah. gonna be on screen so it's you like oh let me just get some you have to like chisel away uh, as it as it yeah. goes you can't try it all at once that actually leads on really well into my final question mm. which is um I ask everyone sort of if you had the chance to sit someone down who has never perceived the MCU or Marvel mm. in any way and you had the chance to make them watch or read or enjoy one thing what would it be mm. can I can the one thing be the entire franchise technically <laughs> <laughs> no. a package <laughs> um um oh I think for me Thor is my favorite kind of that was my favorite franchise I know the dark world was shit but I really feel like the original Thor is like one of my favorite I love movies Thor so much I, it was so good it was I think so, it had this so neat it felt very small which I yeah enjoyed but big as well but small but like it was a really good way of introducing these kind of fantastical Asgardian something that's it's not like spider-man who's got bitten by a spider it's not like iron man who built a suit it's not yeah. super serious literal gods no, it's literal <laughs> gods and it's something that could seem so unrelatable yeah but actually the way that they were actually the way that they were able to kind of make bring ground ground literally ground it because it was all you know it felt very grounded the new mexico albuquerque new mexico and then you know the introduction of these new characters with you know i think it's amazing seeing kat denning's Darcy Lewis journey has been amazing. I think um, Stellan Skarsgård um, coming in as, what's his name in it? I can't remember his name in it. I've, I've forgotten it. But like Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, like mm -hmm. Kenneth Branagh was directing it. I mean, I even don't, like, even though his eyebrows are ridiculous, Chris Hemsworth is really good as Thor. And then you had like, what is he, like Renny Russo? And yeah, and then yeah. Hawkeye. I mean, I'm not a really big Hawkeye fan, but it just felt, this is like, I love this. It's so weird. It's kind of weird. And it really yeah. felt like you were juxt the juxtaposition of these gods and like these like normal human beings. And it says like, 
what the fuck is going on? Like they reacted exactly how you, it felt so realistic and relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that's a really good entry point because I think Thor has one of the best character journeys to go through. And I think it's really fun. I think Thor was my first uh, MCU movie, actually. Is it? Yeah, I don't think I watched Iron Man or any of the ones before. I think I watched Thor. And I remember feeling I was, like I was being invited into something. Like you said, like it's got all these sort of Easter eggs of characters that then show up in Avengers and stuff like that. And, and I remember being like, oh, I'm being taken along for like a ride. And mm. I didn't necessarily feel left out yet, which I thought was like quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I felt like thoughts, thoughts I also I, I think I think also because Jane Foster is like you know in the comic books she's like a nurse or whatever like that's yeah. and then this she's like this like astrophysicist and it's like oh great you've given her more of a role and I think I know that like Iron Man had come before I don't really I I don't love Iron Man the way other people do I think for me I just I think he's like Thor is arrogant <laughs> but in like this really like he's a god. <laughs> He, or is, he like, is literally a god. He's and he like murder, fights, yeah. kills people. Like he's literally arrogant because he like literally is, just, yeah. you know, takes out downs people. Like it feels like, yeah, he's kind of arrogant, but also he's like, he's not, not in a way that seems, he's, he's not kind of cutting or horrible or snarky. And I think Iron Man, like, even though I like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, I do think he's just a bit up himself. And he's also this billionaire who sells weapons. Like it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, that this is this really cool guy who like suddenly had a revelation because he nearly died in the desert. Yeah, this lovable um, scamp. And then Steve Rogers is just a bit of like a wet blanket. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I love you, Steve. But yeah. yeah, and Thor, like they rebranded Thor to be basically a himbo, which I am so yes. happy about because himbos are my favorite character type. Yes. Um, yeah. The harmless yeah. beefcake is, but like, but harmful to the things that need to be harmful. But other than yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think Thor. I love Thor. Thor. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to me about your love of Marvel. This was really thank enjoyable. Um, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Hannah Flint. No H on the end. Um, maybe say, if you want to see Thirst Traps, you can find me on Instagram. Because <laughs> that is what my brand is. Work, work details and Thirst Traps. You know, you know, brains and beauty. That's how I like to keep it, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. But you can find... <laughs> I just feel like people are going, oh, going for the big Marvel hot takes. And it's just me like posing and like my 20th <laughs> selfie. Like, yeah, my okay, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you've got a new friend. <laughs> you need to it off. Come on. I know. Look, it's exactly, see, this is the MCU influence. It's like she was one split end away from cutting her own bangs. <laughs> that split end came, guys. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm at Hannah Ines Flint, middle name I N E S, no H on the end. Bit, bit of a more of a mouthful but you know maybe you'll get there and you'll in for a surprise <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much this was a joy that was hannah flint talking about all things mcu definitely go and follow her if you want uh, some amazing film critiques some amazing culture pieces and also uh, a fair few hot spicy takes from her that are always uh, a joy to behold she's uh, she's definitely one to follow if you'd like to follow this podcast you can follow me on twitter at lucyj underscore ford please do subscribe if you like what we do here uh, like subscribe leave reviews all of that jazz i guess it all really matters in the end uh, but most importantly stay safe and keep loving things <laughs>